Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, recently, uh, one of the uh, channels that I like to watch a lot, uh, UFOB, one of the YouTube channels I, uh, I, I like to look at, uh, posted uh, a, little, a little snippet, a little video uh, about a case that happened in 1999 regarding a UFO uh, taken off with, a, with an elk somehow and there were 14 witnesses uh, to this event it happened in uh, on february uh, 25th 1999 uh, just before noon and basically in broad daylight before 14 uh, forestry employees and uh, in addition to uh, a little video that uh, ufob had uh, posted he also has he also has a ufob reddit uh, subreddit and he has uh, more information there and uh, and uh, it was a very interesting story. Basically, he gathered some information from uh, uh, the Mutual UFO Network and also the uh, National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, they were basically the two groups that uh, looked into this event uh, when it happened. And uh, I want to talk about this because, uh, you know, this to me, this uh, sounds like what probably happened uh or what was going to happen or maybe did happen in 1994 uh during a fishing trip that when i experienced the ufo along with a buddy of mine um uh, and I'll, I'll get into i've talked about that a number of times i'm sure a lot of uh, my listeners out there are very sick of hearing about it but uh, uh i always like talking about it i can't help it uh it's just one of those things you know but anyway i'm gonna uh, go through some of the details of this uh, 1999 incident that happened in Washington State, and uh, and then compare it to uh, what happened in uh, in 1994 uh, during that fishing trip uh, that I was on, uh, where I saw a UFO up close and personal. Anyway, uh, you know, according to uh, this information that was uh, gathered by UFOB. Um, and I will leave links to everything, uh, to his, uh, little, he, he has uh, on his YouTube channel, he actually has, a uh, an audio report, uh, uh, that you could listen to and, uh, from when the incident happened. And also here he has all the, uh, the reports that were filed by MUFON, um, back in 1999, uh, after this investigation. Anyway, uh, here's what it says it says the sighting time was before noon it was a daytime sighting it happened in the cascade mountains near mount st helens washington um uh, it was a metallic or whitish object with, which was seen in the day uh the uh and here's what it says here summary uh, a team of forestry workers allegedly had been witness to an incident on Thursday, February 25th, 1999, during which time an elk was lifted off the ground and carried away by a very peculiar disc-shaped object. And then it says, on Monday, March 1st, 1999, the National UFO Reporting Center received a call over its telephone hotline from an individual who identified himself as an employee in the forestry industry in Washington State. The individual left a message in which he reported that a team of forestry workers allegedly had been witness to an incident on Thursday, February 25th, 1999, during which time an elk was lifted off the ground and carried away by a very peculiar disc-shaped object. Peter Davenport, director of New Fork, contacted several of the individuals whose names and telephone numbers had been provided by the first contact. 
Based on those telephone conversations, he elected to initiate a preliminary investigation of the incident. Because New Fork traditionally does not serve as an investigative body, Mr. Davenport contacted Mr. Robert A. Fairfax, Director of Investigations for the Washington State Chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, which does conduct investigations of alleged UFO sightings. Mr. Davenport and Fairfax traveled to to the location of the alleged incident and jointly have been conducting an investigation of this elk abduction case since Friday, March 5th. Their investigation to date has included a trip to the site of the incident, an interview of three of the alleged 14 witnesses to the actual abduction, and several conversations with individuals who work with the eyewitnesses. In addition, the investigators inspected the carcass of an adult elk, a pregnant cow, which was found dead beside a logging road on March 1st by other forestry employees within a few miles of the principal event. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um... So they saw this elk getting carried away, and then later on, uh, these investigators found a, the carcass of an, a, of an elk and also a pregnant cow uh, on a logging road nearby. And you know what does that tell you? Bob, obviously, both of them were probably mutilated. And then here was an, another little article here. It says, um, on, the win- uh, on this winter morning, 14 forestry workers, employees of a large unnamed company, were planting trees in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State, about 20 miles west of Mount St. Hel- Helens. Three of the men had been watching a nearby herd of elk in the valley below them all morning. Suddenly, a heel-shaped object with two stripes on its back appeared over a nearby ridge and began drifting in a northeast direction. Initially, the three men thought it was something like a parachute, but it maintained a steady altitude following the contours of the terrain below it. As the object began to move toward the herd of elk, the three men called out to the other 11 members of the work crew. All 14 men stood on the hillside and watched as the object floated down into the valley towards the elk. The silent object was able to get quite near the elk before the animals noticed it. When they did notice it, most of the herd ran to the east toward a densely wooded area. One elk, though, trotted off toward the north down a logging road. It was to this lone elk that the object flew. The amazed workers watched as the object floated above the elk and then appeared to lift the elk off the ground with some sort of invisible force. The object then moved off with the elk slowly rotating beneath it. It moved up the ridge, barely clearing the trees, and then down into the next valley out of sight of the forestry workers. After a few minutes, the object then reappeared, apparently without the elk, and rose at high speed until it disappeared into the sky. Now, there's some more here, but I'm, you know, there's really, you could check out the rest of this article for yourself, but you get the idea. So basically, 14 witnesses. 14 witnesses in this on this event that happened in 1999 saw this weird looking object come floating out of nowhere and actually carry off an elk with some invisible force and then the elk was gone and then the object took off it's an amazing story amazing story and you know you have 14 they they interviewed you know as, as far as this story is concerned they interviewed three of them uh, uh three of the witnesses and apparently they all confirmed this um and you know why would anybody want to make something like this up and you know you, you just really can't um 
uh, it doesn't really make any sense. But uh, you know, what's interesting when I when I saw this story because I never I just this is the first time I heard of this story. I never came across this one before. Uh, there's a lot of different things I want to talk about. Uh, apparently, you know, and then later on, the two investigators found, you know, an elk alongside of a dead pregnant cow. So I'm assuming, uh, you know, these beings, you know, did what they do. You know, they mutilated the cow, they mutilated the deer. We don't really know. You know, we talk about cattle mutilations. The only reason that we know of all the, the thousands of cattle mutilations is because, you know, there's people who own the cattle who notice that they're dead or missing, you know, and that's what happens. So, you know, how many deer and how many other animals are these objects going after? I mean, if it wasn't for these uh, forestry employees standing on a hill looking down into this valley that day, uh, then, you know, you know, you, we wouldn't know about this. But, you know, they, they all witnessed that some silent object comes floating in, you know, some weird object. Now, the one thing that it states here is that the object was basically eight feet. Uh, it was described as being eight feet. That's that's that seems pretty small to me. Um you know, according to this, it says the size of objects, seven to eight feet. That's That was a lot smaller than the object that I saw in 1999. And I'm going to get in, or excuse me, 1994. The object that I saw in 1994, of course, it was in, it was in August uh, uh, 1994. Um, and it was, you know, and he, we, I went fishing with, with a buddy at a private, it was actually a private community, you know, next to a private lake. In a, and we were actually fishing in a pond off the lake. And we were there, for, we got there like around 5, 5.30, somewhere around that time was just starting to, you know, you know, it was starting to get, you know, dark. It was dusk or something. And we, were, we fished for hours. We fished, you know, and then it was pitch black and it was around 10 o'clock at night. You know, I've told this story a number of times and we were fishing at this pond. We weren't catching anything and we were, we were on the shore of it. We didn't have a boat or anything like that. And we were fishing on the on on the on the shore of this pond. And I was sitting down and I turned around to get something out of the tackle box. And behind me was like an open field, and on the edge of the field was a forest, and I saw these three giant lights lined up uh horizontally floating behind some trees like moving behind the trees and then it came out from behind the trees and started moving towards toward our position and i said to my buddy i said hey <laughs> you know what the hell is that and then he said i don't know and then the thing came floating right up to where we were right basically stopped in midair just stopped there only two and a half stories off the ground this thing was big it was in my mind it was like a giant ranch house just floating there two and a half stories off the ground no noise whatsoever three giant lights on it and my buddy's flying shining a flashlight on the bottom of it and then and then that's when i said let's get the hell out of there and we start throwing all the fishing stuff in the back of his pickup truck and meanwhile then the things start moving away in a different direction over the over the uh trees uh, uh and so as we're driving away the thing's still moving away and then we had to get on this dirt road and we're driving along this dirt road and we had to stop because there was at least 20 deer running across the dirt road away from the area where that thing had just flown so uh, I, I think that the my, my my impression of this what happened at that time was that those deers were you know completely spooked by this object and that's what they're running away from they weren't you know that that's what it was that that's what I had the feeling that night that they were running in complete absolute fear in fact you know I live you know most of my life in Pennsylvania there's a lot of deer I've seen lots of deer crossing roads and uh, that was the only time I ever saw that many deer crossing a crossing a road I never I've seen seven eight nine but I never saw twenty or more it's, I think it was actually more than twenty. I mean, we were sitting there for a little bit watching these deer just panicking, running across the road away from the direction from that where that thing flew. So I wonder now after reading this story, you know, 
is that what happened that night did that thing was that thing looking for a deer you know you know there's you know i i you know i used to always i have a lot of different theories i really don't know what it was doing i don't know what you know we were in the middle of nowhere you know we were at a pond fishing what i i used to think well maybe that object was coming to that pond to take on water i've heard stories i mean i'm sure a lot of people out there interested in ufos that are listening or watching this pot listening to this podcast right now have heard stories where these objects are, are seen floating over a body of water and taking on water I, I always thought that maybe that's what it was going to do. But then it saw, you know, me and my buddy there fishing and then it, you know, decided to go away. But I also, also also thought that maybe it was there to, you know, take a deer off. You know, that was one of the other theories I had. You know, I don't know. Uh, I do know that we weren't abducted. There was no lost time that night because I know uh, I actually was aware of that possibility at that time before that event happened because I did know something about UFOs, you know, before that event. Um and I've, I've, I've seen some document, I had seen some documentaries on television. Uh, so I was aware of that. And I remember, cause I remember checking my watch not long before that incident happened. And then, you know, after we got out of there, you know, we, there was no lost time. So I don't think we were abducted. So what was it there for? You know, I used to think it was water, but it could have been to pick up one of these deer. I mean, again, we were in the, you know, pretty much in the middle of nowhere at, at this place. It was a place called Beach Mountain Lakes. Um, and it's a, it was a, it's a, a private community near Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's a gate. You have to, you know, the reason we were able to get in there because my buddy's mom knew somebody and uh, that lived there. And, and uh, you know, he asked her to ask her friend to get permission so he can go fishing in there. He wanted to go fishing, not at the lake, but at this pond. He wanted to try this pond. And then he called me up that day. And that's how I ended up, you know, he said, you want to go fishing with me tonight? I was like, yeah, okay. That's how we ended up there. And believe me, this place was, there was nobody around. There was, you know, no houses were nearby or anything like that. I mean, so what was this object doing there? I think, you know, after reading this, you know, I think most likely now that that thing was there that night to, to take a deer. And for all I know, maybe it got one. But the object that, that we saw that night, it was a lot bigger than seven or eight feet. I mean, I'm assuming what they're saying here, it's, it's uh, uh, seven or eight feet in diameter. The distance that these uh, guys who saw it was 800 yards i mean then again i mean you know when you're standing far away from an object it could seem smaller than what it really is but then again they, they probably would have had an idea once it lifted up the elk the elk compared compared to what the object size was and that's maybe why how they determined it was seven to eight feet in diameter the thing that that i saw that night that had to be at least 30 feet in diameter because the the spacing of the lights it was a you know it was had to be pretty big um and i know that it was saucer shaped i couldn't tell that but my buddy because we were the object pretty much stopped right in front of me and then start moving away the lights were always in front of me but he was off to, on the side of it shining the flashlight up on it he saw it and it was saucer shaped and then the object actually another thing that it did it, it was very it was floating very close to the trees the one that we saw that that time that night but I wonder if it's all part of the same alphabet soup, you know, do these, do these, you know, are, are they, are they manned with occupants? Are there, are there alien occupants in these things when they're taking up the, the animals to mutilate them, you know, or are they, uh, you know, probes, you know, re, you know, uh, remotely, uh, operated, you know, who knows, I, you know, automatic, you know, automatic probes. I mean, who knows how they operate? It's, it's all conjecture and speculation. There's, we really don't know. But I, I think that this incident, you know, is probably similar to, you know, the incident that, 
you know, I had in 1994, uh, just a, you know, who knows if, if they got a deer in 1994, I don't know. We didn't see that, you know, but there were a lot of deer there, so it could have been. And, you know, another thing about all of this is the fact that, you know, again, this proves to me, it proves it's, they're, they're out, they're looking for blood. I mean, that's what's going on here. They're, they're just like us, I guess, you know, where they, they, they're looking for animals. I mean, they're, you know, drink, you know, they're draining these animals of blood, not just cattle, but deer and other animals. I mean, there's not just, there's been many different animals that have been found in the condition, the same kind of condition of, of these, of cattle that have been mutilated it's you know if you read the the literature on this you'll 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 discover that there's a lot of cases like that and you wonder okay now usually in in cattle mutilations for instance there you know there's always like certain parts of the body that are cut off okay like uh or missing like you know part of the uh the the, the jaw area is gone uh you know carved out you know a part uh, one of the ears is carved out the eye you know an eye or two are, are gouged out uh the the anus is cored out uh you know uh, <clears throat> udders are are you know and it's all done with like laser precision the tongues of these animals are are cut out you know lay with like laser precision and you wonder what's the reason for that you know see and and then all the blood's drained on top of it so i i know here, here's what you, it could be i mean uh, maybe you know, removing those things makes it easier to, to to take the blood out of these things. You know, removing those those parts of the of the body, you know, of these animals makes it easier to remove the blood. It's almost like, you know, when you have a, a can, you know, in the old days you had, you know, the way a can of soda or a can of beer was, you had to get a can opener and you'd open one side to drink from and another side, the, the you know, for just so it would flow better. So you'd have two holes in it. You know, maybe that's part of it. I mean, that's the reason. I mean, who knows? Or maybe it's so they can tell if there's no blood coming out of where the tongue is cut off, you know, then they know they're finished. Then, you know, the process is done and then they could just drop the carcass and take off. Who knows? It's all guesswork. It's all speculation. We don't know. Again, I'm just guessing. But uh, it is interesting. And I do I do believe this case uh, is very similar to, uh, you know, what... Uh, I experienced in uh, probably the same kind of scenario. I would imagine, I wouldn't doubt, put it this way, I would say probably 75% now after reading this story, I believe there's a 75% chance that those that thing there that night was looking to pick up a deer and it came to the, it probably, maybe it's, I'm just, again, pure speculation, it sensed some life forms near the pond and it was, we were standing basically out in the wide open and that would have been easier, right? And then, they, you know, to pick us up, but then it saw that we were human beings and it floated away looking for you know what you know looking for a deer instead of a you know a human being again i don't know all i know is that it happened and it was real and there are things here doing things and we don't know all the reasons why uh but hopefully it becomes clear soon hopefully we have some answers pretty soon anyway we're going to take a quick break and we, we will be right back this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, we are back. Uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, Dr. Gary Nolan. Uh, he was on an, another interview. Well, I guess it was an expanded version of the interview that he had recently with uh, Ross Coltart, and uh, I'll, I'll leave a link for it um, for this video. It was a pretty. It was over an hour long, uh, but around forty-eight minutes into this video, uh, uh, he, he talks about his own experiences. And one of the things he talks about was when he was a kid, between ten and twelve years old, he used to be a paper boy. Uh, in Windsor, Connecticut, and uh, one early morning, there was a, a flying saucer hovering over his head. Uh, and he and he talked about this in a different interview he had recently with uh, Tucker Carlson. So this is the second time he was talking about it. But it, but another thing that he brought up during this was that he may have actually had it uh, even when he was younger before this incident when he saw the UFO. He may may have actually had an, an encounter with uh, gray beings, <clears throat> the gray aliens. Uh, he said uh, during this interview, again, it's if you, I'll leave the link for it, and it's about 48 minutes into this video if you want to check it out. It's actually the entire uh, thing is really good. It's a lot of different uh, interviews with different people, so I, I would actually recommend that you watch the entire thing if you're interested in this subject. And obviously you are interested in the subject, or you would not be paying attention to me. But anyway, he... Uh, he said not only did he see a UFO when he was uh, between 10 and 12 years old, but when he was actually younger, when he was six or seven, when he was in his bedroom at night, uh, he sensed that there was, he saw little men in his bedroom, right? He said he was awake. He says, I knew they were there. I could see them. He said he doesn't remember being scared, right? And he did uh, acknowledge that it could have been a dream. But uh, the thing about it is, is that year, 20 years later, he did he, like he actually forgot about it. Actually, this happened a few times over a course of a couple of weeks. He, he remembered, see, wait, you know, laying in bed and these little men were in his bedroom uh, when he was six or seven years old. But then, about you know, 20 years goes by and he was walking around a used bookstore and he came across the front cover of a book. A par- uh, it was he thinks it might have been the Whitley Strieber's Communion, which had a picture, a famous picture on the cover of a famous drawing of, of a gray alien. And uh, it was he dropped. He was he was shocked because that's what he remembered seeing in his bedroom when he was a kid. He had no idea, like leading up to that point, that this kind of thing could be real, right? So he dropped a book, and to him that was a revelation then. So then I guess he did think it was real. So this guy seems like in addition to, uh, uh, you know, having an interest, showing an interest in, in UFOs and and uh, this, <laughs> the, it's obvious right now, right? It's obvious. There's a presence there. I already know that, right? I, I think this guy knows it too, and he's not afraid to talk about it. Uh, and uh, 
And I know some people will think, well, how come you never talked about this before? Well, that's how I want to get into that. You know, talking about seeing a UFO is one thing, right? But then, you know, talking about seeing beings, that's a whole other ball of wax. You know, you have to even look at, you know, back in the 40s and the 50s, you know, when, you know, people started seeing flying saucers, you know, they were reported all the time. Um, you know, you didn't want to, people didn't want to talk about, you know, no, not even any UFO researcher really wanted to talk about beings, alien beings. It just seemed too fringe. I mean, but really, why? Why would it be fringe? I mean, if there's flying craft out there, there there must be occupants, right? There must be pilots in there operating the thing, right? But it just it just seems, you know, it's it's it just seems so it's crazy enough to think that there's flying saucers that these objects are from another planet. But for whatever reason, in a lot of people's minds, it's it's just a whole nother step into the fringe when it comes to the possibility that there's beings in there and really what is the surprise what why be surprised about that because obviously (laughs) these things these objects were manufactured somewhere obviously right obviously somebody must be controlling them what you know whether it's manually or remotely or automatically so who's behind it if they're from another world they're not going to look like us most likely right so, but but that's how it how it was. Like I mean, you know, like in, in the seventies, for instance, uh, there was a, a the late uh, uh, UFO researcher Leo Sp- uh, Sp- uh, Stringfield, right? This guy, he was one of the first to start looking into crashed UFOs with alien bodies. Nobody wanted to talk about that. This was before the Roswell story came out. He was one of the first people to start looking into that. That 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 even to a lot of UFO researchers back in the early to mid 70s, that was, you know, that was taboo. That was going a step too far. That sounded a little too, too crazy to even get into. But he was brave enough to, you know, take those steps and do those studies and look into those kind of things. Um you know, so there's, it's just one of those things where, you know, we really shouldn't be, uh, you know, just because he's saying this now, I could understand, okay, you know, it's one thing he's talking about, you know, the CIA approached him, you know, what, over 10 years ago now, hey, I want you, we want you to look into these cases, these, these, these uh, military personnel got too close to uh, UFOs, and now they have brain damage, okay, so okay, they, he, he's, he's looking at that, now he's talking about that, he, he, you know, he comes forward with his story about the, uh, you know, seeing a UFO when he was a paper boy, you know, he talked about that before, but now he's taking it a step further, and he's saying he might have encountered little gray beings when he was a child when he was even younger than the one uh than that when he was six or seven years old they were in his room that's what he remembered and then of course 20 years later he sees a picture i mean in a way that's similarly what happened to me you know it was you know when i was a kid i had no idea when i was a kid i had an experience in 1977 now i didn't see the being face to face not that i remember anyway all i all i know is that there was something in my room and there was this loud humming sound i woke up in the middle of the night i was about eight years old going on nine right i could hear this loud humming sound in the in my room in the attic that i shared with my brother dave right and uh and i could see clearly there was an arm there was a shadow of an arm and a hand getting closer to my head and then further away was moving close we had three fingers that was it three thick fingers that came to almost points right and i was scared stiff i thought it was a demon 
right? And I'm laying there in bed, you know, I hear this, this humming sound. There's some presence there. I'm like, who's there? You know, what's there? You know, what's going on? You know, nothing, this thing just keeps, you know, it was like a ritual, you know, getting closer to my head and further away. So I'm scared out of my mind. This thing just keeps doing this. I can hear this humming sound. It was constant. It never stopped during the whole time, that humming sound, whatever it was. Um, was it a, was it a, a flying a saucer hovering above the, uh, you know, f- hovering above the house? You know, was it, was it the, the, the power gen- How did the thing get in the room is, is one of the questions, right? I don't think it came, you know, a lot of people say these things come through the wall somehow. Somehow they're able to bend things, you know, you know, somehow and, and walk through walls. I, I, who knows how, is that how it got in? And, and that sound is, you know, what, what, you know, makes it happen. Maybe that was, uh, you know, part of the, uh, you know, that, you know, that sound is, you know, something that happens when they do walk through walls, you know, I don't know, right? But anyway, I'm laying there and this thing is there, right? I can see the arm. There's clear, no question about it, right? There's something in the room. There's a being in the room. I can see its arm. I can see its hand. I sense its presence and I hear this sound that I never heard before or since, right? And so, and I, I peek out of the blanket in the direction away from where that thing was. I, you know, I'm looking over the other side of my uh, the room, and I can see my brother Dave sleeping in his bed. You know, he's facing toward me. I start screaming to him. You know, but you know that sound is somewhat muffling my voice. But I'm still screaming, and he's not waking up. Then I start, I'm really terrified. I'm yelling for my mom and dad. Nobody's coming. Then I have to, you know, the next thing I do is I resort to prayer. That's all I knew. I didn't know what else to do. And I'm praying and praying. I, then I would have my eyes closed. And I would open them up. The thing is still there. It wasn't going away. And then eventually, somehow, I passed out. And then I woke up the next day. It wasn't like waking up from a nightmare. But there was some presence in the room. There was something there. All right. I know the difference. But, you know, you, I've had some dreams before in my life where they seem completely realistic. And then, but you know, later on, you figure it out. Yeah. For, for, no matter how realistic it was, you know, it still was a dream, right? This wasn't a dream. I was wide awake. And again, this whole thing lasted for 20 minutes. There was something in the room. Of course, nobody believed me the next day. Nobody, a lot of people don't believe me today. But there was something there and it wasn't human. I'm telling you right now. But, you know, that's the whole thing. There's nothing, you shouldn't, nobody should be afraid of, uh, of bringing these things up. But I do understand why you know, that Nolan would be afraid. Now, now that story there, I was afraid to even, you know, I didn't even know how to tell my friends at the time. Like I remember telling some of them saying, I just think it was the devil or the demon. That's all I could say. But then again, as time went on, I realized when I saw some show like 10 years later, similarly to how Gary Nolan, you know, realized, you know, I saw some show about alien abduction. I was, you know, that was my aha moment. So, you know, you know, they go hand in hand, these things, you know, alien beings, flying saucers, you know, they go hand in hand. There's nothing to, be, you know, they ha- something has to operate the thing. So there should be nothing, you know, a lot of people will tell you a lot of the debunkers out there. That's just too crazy for them to think about. But there's nothing crazy about it. That's real. They're here. These guys can go de- uh, denying it and making fun of it all they want. But the reality is it's real. And there are beings operating these things, obviously. And, uh, you know, what, you know, uh, I don't know what they're up to. I don't know what was going on in my room that night or if they ever, you know, for all I know, maybe I get abducted all the time and I don't even know it. Right. I guess that could be possible. I don't know. But that that was the time, the only time I know of where there was something there and it was not human. And here all these years later, I'm still talking about it. And, uh, and it looks like finally we're going to get to disclosure. I think maybe maybe I'll have some answers. Maybe if the uh, uh, if the government really comes clean on this, uh, maybe we'll uh, 
Maybe I'll finally get to know, you know, you know, I'll, I'll be vindicated. You know, when I was younger, you know, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, yeah it was probably a dream, you know. <laughs> no, 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 it was real because these things are real, right? They're real. And there are people out there who know, <laughs> who, are, who are listening to this right now, right? They know, they know too. Um, I just want to talk about uh, something that happened on Twitter on uh, Friday night. Um, and uh, it's with regard to some images that uh, were released, uh, apparently leaked uh, by somebody. Somebody appeared on, on Twitter, uh, a, a new account. And uh, that account, that whoever this person was, uh, left about 10, actually left 10 images, 10 pictures of ufos uh, triangular shaped ufos and also um like your your tic tac shaped uh there was one that looked like it might be a cigar shaped uh but whatever the case there were 10 images that somebody came on twitter uh leaked these images apparently they could be uh leaked pentagon ufo pictures i'm not i'm not really sure uh this person appeared on twitter and then disappeared basically and uh, i have done a little video of it uh, on my youtube channel i decided to do something different here on on the podcast because of course i don't have uh, a video version on on my podcast so uh, i i will d- direct you guys uh, anyone listening to the to my podcast to my youtube channel where i do have a video on there uh, that i did earlier today about these pictures which are, are I, I think are very intriguing uh, um, I, I, they could be real, uh, and maybe they could be faked, but, uh, you know, even Gary, uh, Gary Nolan, uh, Stanford, uh, scientist who he, he thought they were, uh, you know, significant possibly, uh, we really don't know at this point because we don't know where they came from, but they look like they were pictures taken from aircraft and, uh, possibly an aircraft carrier and uh 10 pictures and uh, it looked like the pictures were whoever took the pictures took the pictures from uh of, of a laptop uh, you know it looked like uh uh somebody took a picture of the images of a laptop now whether this was actual video you know you know because these are only still images that you see but whether it's video or not we, we're not sure at this point uh, but I do like, you know, it's this is something you can't really talk about. It's t- hard to really, uh, unless you see the pictures, you know, I can't really, you know, you need to see the pictures. So that's why I'm directing you to the podcast or to the to the YouTube channel so you could check them out. Um, because it, they're, they're amazing if they're real. I mean, well, you know, and they look like they could be real. Uh, we're not, I'm not sure. I mean, nobody's sure. I mean, there's a debate going on online right now if you're not aware of these pictures yet. Uh, it would be better if somebody would step forward, maybe somebody actually from the Pentagon or maybe Lou Elizondo or whoever. Would, it would be nice if somebody could step forward and, and uh, let us know exactly, okay, are these pictures real or are they fake? So, uh, so I want you to, you know, I, you know, I'm almost done here with this podcast. And, uh, you know, if you have a chance um, to check out that YouTube video that I made and you could see these pictures for yourself. Uh, I talk about, you know, each one of them, and uh, we don't know again if they're real or not. Uh, 